Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And you know it is my absolute goal to bring you some of the very best minds to help you in one way or another with your job search or maybe just with your personal life to get that mindset right. So today, I have a very special guest. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Rob Bell, sports psychology coach, author, and mental toughness coach. Dr. Rob's goal is to teach people how to be the best at getting better and how to capture your hinge moment and the how to be the hinge for others. He focuses on training people's brains rather than just curing them in order to set them up for success in the future. And he is also a personal dear friend of mine. So welcome to the show, Dr. Rob. Oh, Casey, <laughs> so much fun to be here with you. I'm sorry I couldn't be there in person. But this I know is great. I'm, that would I'm have excited. been so much fun. And I just, I just love to look at that couch. <laughs> I think yeah. that's awesome. So I love that we are finally getting this moment because we've actually known each other for a while. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to test you. I'm going to put you on the spot here. How did we get connected? Well, we got connected through um, uh, our, our LinkedIn group. Yeah, our networking group. Yeah, it was actually the networking hub. Networking hub, yeah. Frank. Yeah, with Frank. Frank set it up. Absolutely. Yep. You know, and it's so beautiful. And Did I'm I pass? Gonna, you passed. You get to stay. Okay. We're going to continue. <laughs> but it's so interesting to me, and I love to point out connections and how people make connections. So I want to kind of go through a little timeline real quick before we get started talking about you. So when we met, it was probably because I think you were in the, one of the very first networking hub meetings, mm -hmm. correct? So with Frank Agan, yeah. it's an amazing group. I've cannot speak highly enough about this group um and you know and we've had one-on-ones we've talked and it, this has been going on like two years now and you know we've gotten to be friends and just a lot of camaraderie has gone on but here recently you actually referred somebody to me to help them with a search which i would have never met them had i not met you had i not been in the hub that's the power of networking yeah and and I've said this before, but I mean, you're like an all-star networker, you know I mean? You know, so many people. I, so I was really just thankful that I was like, man, great. I can help out both people. It really meant a lot. Like, cause I think that's the part about just being able to help people and uh, get y'all connected. So that was huge win for me. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate that you trusted me with that relationship because this was indeed a pretty significant relationship for you, you know? And so I really mm -hmm. appreciate that. But I think it's so important to realize that you don't stop networking just because something doesn't come out of it right away. Right. I mean, you network. For yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's the part where it's like, look, if I have to compare myself to Casey Hayston in terms when it comes to networking, I'm going to, I'm going to fail every time. Right. But I always looked at networking in terms of like, I might not be able to reciprocate somebody one-to-one, -one, 
but at some point I'm going to be able to connect somebody else. And that's the way I think that it works. As long as we don't, we're not keeping score and we don't think just always in terms of reciprocity, then it works because I might just be able to help out, you know, the person here to my right, but not necessarily. Um, and, and that's, that's where I think, you know, organically, then it just works. I love what you just said there. We're not keeping score. That's huge. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, I did this for you. What are you going to do for me now? You know, that's, and that's when networking really blossoms. So I love that you said that that's mic drop. We can go home, you know? (laughs) Nice. So, you know, what inspired you to do what you do today? Tell us a little bit about what you do, who you coach, and then what inspired you to do it? So I work with uh, athletes, coaches, and teams all on mental toughness. So how do we perform our best when it matters the most? And then how do we deal, handle, and cope with the adversity, the setbacks, and the struggle in life? And I think that everyone is an athlete. Our office is just different. Mm. So those that have more of like an office type setting, then that's uh, that's a corporate athlete. I've been blessed to do what I do. I mean, I uh, I went to to college as a baseball player, and I make no qualms about it. I was a partying baseball player <laughs> and had a real significant injury of falling off an eighty foot cliff and. My worst moment ended up becoming my best moment because that's when I took that psychology class. And then it was it was really just tattooed in my soul. I was like, I, c- I can combine like psychology, which it was just totally up my alley. My business, chemistry, none of that stuff really worked for me. But then I took that psych class and I was like, man, I'm going to I'm going to do something with this. And then learning about, wait a minute, there are people that help professional athletes with their mental game. That's exactly what I want to do. And then just throughout the journey, there's a lot of detours and roadblocks to it. But I think um, nothing ever veered really from that vision and that path. That is beautiful. And I love that, that you took something that could have been so devastating to most people probably, and you turned it into such a win for you. But I'm curious, how did you fall off an 80-foot cliff? Well, like I said, I was partying. And if if ever I'm talking to like my collegiate audience, I always say nothing good happens after midnight, (laughs) but in school in West Virginia. And, uh, for some reason we were partying near this bridge and this bridge was this cliff. And I just ended up walking off. I didn't jump. I wasn't pushed. I just had absolutely no idea where I was. And I was conscious during that whole time, but then, you know, baseball was over and, uh, now it was on to the next thing. And you make a good point because I think in every bad situation, some good, will come out of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the way that works, just like networking, right? If some good is going to come out of it. But the problem is, is if we take no action, there'll be no results. There just has to be some kind of action that comes from it. Oh, so good. So we're just like five minutes in and it's already so good. So you mentioned mental toughness. So what is mental toughness and why is it so important? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a tons of definitions that are going to be out there. I think mm-hmm. academics need to try to come up with their own definitions so they can justify what it means. And a lot of people don't even like the term mental toughness. So let's talk about what it's not first. What it's not is it it's not flipping big tires, right? We all just physical. And it's not, it's definitely not that. And the other part about mental toughness, what it's not is it's not doing it on your own. It's not pulling up my bootstraps and then I just got to, you know, plunge ahead. That's, that's not mental toughness. I think that's the opposite of mental toughness because mental toughness, a lot of times it means creating that network of people that you're going to need to help support you and coach you. 
So if we just define it, jeans and t-shirt kind of guy here, Casey, you know, simple is powerful. Mental toughness, it's how we deal, handle, and cope with the adversity, the struggle, and the setback in life. That's all it is. How do we deal with that? So mental toughness, it's simple. It's just not easy to do. But, you know, what happens? Well, we lose confidence, right? We isolate from from other people. We don't want to connect. We don't, you know, want to share our mess. Um, and then we hold on to that mistakes or we hold on to that no. And that's, those are the sort of the places that we get stuck. And it's really, we need to create that network of people around us. So when we are going to need it, they're already there. I think too often we just wait till it's too late and then we don't have anybody that can help us through that. I believe that we can't coach ourselves. I don't think we're meant to coach ourselves. I think we're meant to have other people in our lives that are able to coach us. And um, I, know I usually say this too. I mean, mental toughness, you know, it's, it's not required today. It's really not. I think if you want to stay in the mediocrity and this video game of life and you're just okay bouncing around, then you don't really need to be mentally tough at all. Now, if you have goals and aspirations and really want it, then yeah, you're going to need it because the only way to thrive is, is to be mentally tough. So I often say, look, mental toughness isn't going to win you anything, but if you don't have it, it will lose it for you. I, I think that's brilliant. And it, kind of what I was seeing as you were saying that, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong or if this isn't quite what you were trying to say is like, I'm seeing like a mental, like a still trap on my brain because so many times people will have that negative self-talk and they'll have that where, you know, they just, they go down that path and they start in, in kind of from my coaching, you know, they see themselves as a victim, right? And instead mm -hmm. of, you know, trying to see the possibilities like you did when you hit the ground, you know, um, you know, they, they just keep seeing all the ways that it's not going to work, right? You could have said, oh my God, my life is over because I can't play baseball. I'm not going to be able to make anything of myself and ended up on a street corner somewhere. Maybe not that harsh, but you could have. I feel like we're all one choice away from being there, right? For sure. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, death, death or jail was, was definitely one of them. It is, it's, um, you need to, I say, like, again, I'm a meat lover. I like meat. I like steak. And if ever I'm grilling the steak, Casey, I just don't throw it on there. I like to, I like to marinate it. And I think we have to do that with our mind. I think we need to marinate our mind with, with possibilities, with positivity, with other examples of people that have overcome stuff, because really, no matter what we're trying to do, it's people have done it in, in some way or another, you know, so it's just being able to find that, that one coach or that one teacher that can kind of help guide you through that. And that's what I think. I think we got to marinate our mind and then it's just seeping with, with positivity and, and, and mental health. I love that. So outside of a coach, what is one thing that you do yourself to help marinate your mind? So I don't want to tear up on this, but I mean, I just, you know, last year was a hundred mile race. And, um, and when people, I'm a mountaintop guy, right? Like I'm going to be on that mountaintop. I'm going to stay on the mountaintop. Problem is, is nothing grows up there. And I've always felt some letdown after, you know, whether it's a big client, big win, whatever it is, there's always a letdown for me. I could never really understood why it's because I was only focused on the product. I was never focused on the process, mm. process about getting there. So one of the things that I do when I talk about the hundred miler, my favorite part was being with my chocolate lab at five 30 in the morning 
at the at the trailhead and and we're getting ready to go for a run and she can do 13 miles like no problem (laughs) but that's that's just it's so still out there it's so calm and people might look at it and be like well that's kind of crazy look it's it's my uh it's my playground out there man i love it you know and so that's the time man just to be able to think about things to be still to focus on your breath the running and then i got you know one of my best friends there with me so that is what i do and that's huge part of like the early morning routine just get up and get after it you know i have heard so many people that are runners talk about that and talk about that that's where that's their therapy that's where they work Mm. out their problems and i love that and when you were talking about marinating and i mean immediately like you just like create these visions in my head when you talk and i was sitting there thinking about my morning routine and for me i would say my marinating is meditation Mm mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. And and running's my meditation. That's how we do it, man. Exactly. Focus so, on focus on your breathing, gotta be centered. Exactly. It's all about the breath work, right? Um mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about, because you talked about the setbacks, and we know that a lot of people have setbacks at work and can become locked into this negative mindset. We talk a lot, you and I talk a lot about that as a result, but what advice would you give those people in order to help them overcome this and regain their confidence and motivation? When I look at the importance of mental toughness, so I kind of said, look, it's not really needed if you want to be mediocre, but if anybody's listening to this, they don't want to be mediocre right away to listen to it because they want to get better. So I always get back to this. Um, the importance of mental toughness is no matter how bleak our situation is or how the, how dire an outcome looks only takes one. It only takes one. That's what we're getting ready for. You're getting ready for that one person, that one moment. I don't know that one interview that's going to make all the difference in your life. Problem is, is you just don't know when that's coming. And since you don't know when that's coming, then we can sacrifice the preparation sometimes. And when that moment hits, it's too late to prepare. Like you have to be ready. And I really believe it. If we never give up, you're going to be, you're going to get the opportunities. Mm-hmm. You will. Life just, it just shows us that time and time again. If you don't give up, you're going to get the opportunity. Now you're not guaranteed success, but you're given that opportunity. So what I say is be ready for it. Be ready for that shot. And, um, you know, some battles are worth fighting, even if you lose. And that's why I look at life, man. Like if you want to be on the sidelines of life, you're not listening to podcasts. So the people that are listening to this, they want the shot. You have to want the shot. Now, knowing that you're going to take shots and you're going to miss, that's part of it, right? I mean, you don't ever play baseball without striking out. You never take free throws without missing. But it's not about the setback. It is about the comeback. And so, you know, that's where it really takes diving deep into what did I learn from that last experience that's going to help me for the next one. I love that. And, you know, and that's so true. And if you think of, I love the analogy that you just used about the basketball, because I, and I don't, I'm not, I don't like baseball, sorry. Um, <laughs> but basketball, you know, when you, those basketball players are out there, these are pros, even the baseball players, right? And they're, throwing those shots and lobbing those shots and they're missing them most of the time no matter where they're at and that's because people are coming Mm -hmm. out at them so think about that like when you miss your shot in life there's other things coming at you but you don't quit and that kind of goes oh this is a really good analogy now that i think about it. it it really goes back to what you were talking about about having your network 
you need to have your team to support you so that when you do miss that shot, you've got all these other people around you to help you make it. Yeah. And the thing is that we were never told was that, look, you fall down seven, you get up, you get up eight, right? Like we've heard that. Yeah. They never ever told me that when you fall down for the fifth time, you remember the second, third, and fourth time that you fell and how bad that was. And then what happens is all that head trash comes back, flooding us and trying to convince us that maybe you're not worth it. Maybe you're not as good as what you think you can be. When we need to isolate this shot has no bearing on the shots that were done in the past. And, and that, what I see is if you got to isolate those issues, isolate the problems for what it is. And this one, this is the only one I need to overcome. I don't need to overcome anything that's been in the past or anything that might come up in the future. This one right here, but too often, I think we allow that past to influence our mind and then it starts affecting our confidence and, and overall self-worth. That is another knowledge nugget right there because it is so important not to dwell on the past and to be fully focused on the present. I'm not saying don't plan for the future, but I'm saying you can't, if you're, if you're worried about, you know, tomorrow, you're robbing today of its joy. I did not make that up, guys. That's, I'm totally plagiarizing that from somewhere, but it's very true. And if you're looking at the past, you're still robbing today of its joy because you're just, you're worried about something you can't change. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it again. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so in your book, Puke and Rally, it's all about turning these setbacks into com comebacks, right? Yeah. So what are some skills needed to make this transformation? So I think it, but there's two aspects of the book. One is kind of what I just mentioned, right? It's mm -hmm. like, you have to isolate that problem for just that problem. That's all you need to overcome. But what happens is, is when we mess up, it brings back all that negativity that we've had in the past. And the other part that I think is important in terms of being able to come back, being able to rally, think about a rally, a tennis rally, a political rally, uh, a rally cry. They're not done by themselves. They're mm. always involve other people. They always involve other people. And what we have to have is you have to have belief in yourself in the way that I think that we get belief in ourselves is making sure that we're connecting with others and creating that, that environment that's going to lift us up and to be able to point out, Hey, I do believe in you. You do believe in it. What I think is that, and this is a really, really painful experience being told you're not good enough being told or shown through your circumstance or by somebody else. And the thing is, is when you're told you're not good enough, it's not by some stranger on the street, even though that happens, you know, but that, that one, I think we can deal with a lot better. It's usually by somebody close to us and boy, that's painful. But what we need to realize is that's, that's the greatest gift that we can actually be given because only then are you going to listen to that voice, that negativity, or are you going to listen to yourself? It's, it's a fish or cut bait moment, right? We can't be on the fence when you're told you're not good enough. And, and at the same time, it's about having that network or that, even just that one person that can say, no, nah, man, you don't have to listen to that. You believe in yourself and you keep following that. That's the way I think that we overcome. So it's really coming back to, to that belief and faith in yourself knowing that when you are told you're not good enough, that that becomes the best gift that you can be given. 
Anybody who has ever reached some level of success, they were all told that, every single one of them. You know, when I decided I was gonna do this podcast, I had people out there, even after the first few, that were like, oh my God, can you believe she's doing that? You know, the haters out there. And and it would have been really easy because the first ones weren't good. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I had good guests. I just didn't know. I wasn't comfortable in front of the camera or anything yet. So, and it would have been real easy to say the right, I'm not good enough. So to your point, I think you have, that is a pivotal moment. And that is when you've got to say, am I going to listen to them? Or am I going to listen to me when I know that I may not be good enough today, but I'm going to get there. Yeah. Now, did you say pivotal moment or did you say hinge moment? I couldn't I hear said that. pivotal, but... <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I imagine I'm we're going to talk you. about hinge. <laughs> but I'm it was a hinge. No, I love that. So let's talk yeah. about that real quick because you, um, you also have a book called The Hinge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Importance of mental toughness. Yeah. So what is a hinge moment and why is it so important? So every door has a hinge. Um, if you hear about doors opening and closing in life, that's that's because of a hinge. Um, a, a door without a hinge is a wall. It just doesn't work. <laughs> and with the hinges in our lives, it's going to be that one moment, one person, or one event that makes all the difference in our lives. It connects who we are with who we're going to become. But like I said earlier, we just don't know when that's coming. You can't connect the dots in life looking forward. We have no idea how this mystery is going to work out. You can only connect the dots looking backwards and seeing the impact that that one person had on our life. And no matter how bleak or how dire an outcome looks, it only takes one. It takes one moment to make all the difference in our lives. Unfortunately, tragedies that happen, and we've all experienced them, tragedies are immediate hinges because from that moment on, everything's different. I mean, mm-hmm. think about the pandemics that happened. It's been two years, and we're, we're kind of coded with this uh, fear that kind of follows us all around. And it's a culture of fear. And, and with fear, there's always a little bit of truth in it. And, but it affects us. A lot of us have, have experienced true loss through this. It's never going back to the way it was. It's because that was, that was a moment where everything changed. Yeah. And so it's, it's being able to find the opportunity in that and how, you know, each of us, it helps us grow. So I shared with you before we started recording about a moment's that I kind of changed my entire trajectory. And it was a conference I attended called Smart Femme Conference. And I mean, literally my world changed from that point forward. I think I had a hinge moment. I know you did. (laughs) And I am so grateful for it. And and I see what you're saying. that, That could have been one of those moments where I went, I attended the conference, I came back and I was the same person. And I always, I always look at this though. It's like, there's no way you would be the same person because you took action to do it. The only way, like Gandhi said this, he said, we don't know the results from our action, but if we take no action, there will be no results. So we're planting trees that we're never going to see, right? Every person that we connect with isn't going to make that much of a difference in our lives. Um, But we don't know that. And so the importance, man, to be able to trust your gut. And that's what I say, man, no, just, just go to that conference. Mm-hmm. Some good is going to come out of it. The only thing, the only way that it doesn't come out of it is if we just don't do anything. And what's our mind want us to do though? Our mind doesn't want us to do anything. Our mind wants us to stay safe because yep. you can go to that conference, spend money, and then what, they're going to laugh at you or something. I don't know, but, but we create these stories in our head. And, uh, 
that's that's the real power of it is every every action that we're going to do some good is going to come out of it i agree and i think that was one of those times because i was actually um that conference information was shared with me like three days before i went so mm -hmm. i mean i had to move so, yeah practice. and and you had to trust your, you had to trust your gut too yes didn't you? i did i absolutely yep. did and it was so on target and right so i was so appreciative because i mean i wouldn't be where i am today without it i, I firmly believe that and so Thank you, SmartFem Network. <laughs> um, so what advice, awesome. <laughs> so are you. Um, what advice would you give to our job seekers that maybe have recently been laid off? Yeah, you know, a, uh, a definite moment, definitely painful. Um, I, it's difficult not to take it personal, but I don't mm -hmm. think you can take it personal. If we take it personal, then it's affecting our self-worth and it's like this. It's like you never let a win go to your head, but you can't let a, a loss go to your heart. That's mm. the part that you really got to protect. It doesn't affect you as a person. Some good's going to come out of this. And and then from that, I think it just allows us that that room to give ourselves a little grace, give ourselves, you know, allow, uh, allow ourselves to, you know, grieve it and get over it and to kind of see, well, what's, what's possibly going to be the next move. And there's always going to be a next move, right? Like this, this is chess. It's not checkers. And that's the, that's the best thing I can say, man. Just kind of be easy on yourself. Don't take it personal. Don't let that loss go to your heart. That, that part's huge. I love how you said that. Don't let that loss go to your heart. That's, that's really big, really. And the other thing you said was give yourself grace. I tell people that all the time. I practice that very much. I mean, like if I make a mistake and, you know, I used to be one of those people, like if I made a mistake, I'd be like, don't look at that. You did not see that. You know, and now I'm like, hey, do you see what I did over there? You know, because <laughs> I, yeah. I give myself grace and I, I don't have to be perfect. Right. Yeah. It's um, a huge skill. I, I suck at it, frankly. Really? So I need other people. I need other people to help me out with it. Okay. We'll talk. Yep. Because I'm a pro at grace. <laughs> Good. Um, so you mentioned this earlier, you firmly believe that we don't, no one gets there alone. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more about this and the importance of building that supportive community around you. Yeah, I think, you know, there was a, a couple stories that went into that, but that was definitely a hinge moment. It was in a race that I did where, you know, I, I had a flat tire. I had no idea how to change it. And another competitor stopped their own race to help me. And when you think about it, we all need people in our lives. We need coaches to be able to teach us. We need coworkers. We need colleagues to be able to support us. And we, you know what? We need opponents. We need competitors to be able to challenge us. And that's the part that where no one gets there alone. But it goes so much deeper than that because a better us makes a better you. Mm. And a better you makes a better us. So you basically get to define who is your us and when we develop that, we can't help out others without also helping out ourselves. We can't, it's impossible to do. If we've ever, you know, and I was talking with an athlete today and, and one of her trips was to Belize, spent a couple of weeks there. And I kind of stopped her and said, look, I gotta stop you and ask you this. Did you help them out more? Or did they help you out more? And she kind of teared up and she said, without a doubt, they helped me out more. Mm. Think about it, right? That's, that's the, that's the miracle I think that happens in life is whenever we help out somebody else, we never say, boy, you know what? Those kids are so lucky. I was here to help them. What did they give us? They helped us more than we helped out them or they gave us perspective, gratitude, 
appreciation for our own problems and, and a new perspective that is priceless. And that's what it means when no one gets their loan. A better us makes a better you, and we cannot help out others without also helping out ourselves. You know, I wish that I had brought a pen in with me so I could write some of this stuff down, but I'm definitely going to be going back and listening to this. This has been such a fantastic episode, Dr. Robin. I, I appreciate you so much. I hope you know that for sure. Thank you. Well, so, I think you're awesome. <laughs> and that's why I brought him on. <laughs> so are you ready for our VIP questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Okay. So I would take, um, so I, I just thought of people in this one. I would take, uh, I would, I would take some of my favorite people. I would take uh, Arthur Ashe. So, I mean, you talk about, boy, Arthur Ashe, man, was, was probably like one of the greatest humans ever. And, um, you know, Hall of Fame tennis player, obviously. But, you know, he said the most selfish thing that you can do is to help somebody else out. Hmm. And when we get that, it's it's so true. But Arthur Ashe would be one. Uh, I'd take Bob Dylan because I definitely need some music. And, um, geez, I don't know. I'd take Arnold Schwarzenegger because – He's already been there, right? What? Total Total Recall. Oh yeah, I was yeah. thinking more uh, Matt so Damon, The Martian. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah, right. That would that'd be smart. Yeah, but Arnold Arnold would help with the workouts, obviously. Sure, true, true. So, and I think you've already answered this next question, but I want to make it official. So, what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's hitting the and it's running and it's, uh, never any music. Don't run with any music. Um, and unless it's like under 20 degrees, it's always in shorts too. But, uh, that's, Beast. that's how we always start it. Yeah, Beast. man. I, I do not going to kill you. Yeah. No, I yeah. disagree. <laughs> I do want to share. I do think you're a little crazy for running the hundred miles. No, I, and I admit, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be a little bit. I think you got to be a little bit crazy, especially in this, like I said, this video game of life, you know, it's got to be a little bit off or just going to get knocked around too much. We take it too serious and it's just a game, man. It's just a game. You know what song has been going on in my head this whole time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I get knocked which, down, which one? but I get up again. Oh, Chumbawamba? Chumbawamba, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to yeah, sing it for one. you, but you can sing it. Thank you. No, I'll, I'll pass. But yeah, it's a good one. It is a good one. All right. So my final question for you. Okay. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Simple. Puke and, puke and rally. It's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. Of course. That's exactly what it should be. Mm -hmm. This has been so much fun. And I know some of our audience are going to want to get in touch with you as well. So how do they find you? Oh, thanks, Casey, again for having me on. Um, you know, pukeandrallybook.com or I'm on social media, but uh, drrobbell.com, D-R-R-O-B-B-L.com is uh, always the best way. And I always get back to everybody who, who reaches out. Just give me a little bit of time. Absolutely, because you are also a networking ninja, even though you won't admit it. So, and you know the power of that. So, well, Dr. Rob, I, like I said, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. And I just have one last thing to say to you. You are yes. a VIP.
Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You're the best.